Hey everybody and welcome back to Memoirs and Some, the podcast. It's your girl, of course, Maya Dominique. And we are at episode three, y'all. I am so excited. This is like everything. I know I say this every week, but it's everything every week. Again and again and again. <laughs> but I'm back, y'all. So today is episode three and the name of this episode is 16 with a baby. So last week we did 15 and pregnant. So clearly that means 16 years old, your girl had a baby. So I must say it is a challenge to talk about some pieces of this because it was life changing. You know, I was nervous. I didn't know what I was going to do with a child. I had gotten to a place where I was comfortable in trying to build my parenting skills where I was at Moose Heart, but I was still a, a adolescent. I was still a teenager and I still had teenage ways. I was still wanting to be a teenager, be a kid. And I had to snap out of that really quick. So I told you all last week that I went to a um, boarding school where I learned a lot of my skills as far as being independent and just being at a place of understanding that I was now a parent. So I went into labor and my labor was kind of funny. A lot of people don't know this, but my labor was very funny. My brother, uh, may God rest his soul, was very, very, very involved in me having my kids. Um, particularly my first one, he was more so involved because it was number one, my first child. But number two, because he was the one that was around when I was going into labor. So I was nesting earlier that day and I just felt like, you know, I needed to go home and kind of get things together. So... I was due to go back to my boarding school that following Monday. It was President's Day. We were out. So we stayed home until Monday instead of Sunday. So, of course, I did what I was supposed to do, you know, packing and getting the baby stuff together, the baby bag together. And I just started feeling this crazy pain. But it wasn't unbearable and it wasn't like I couldn't deal with it, but it was crazy. It was like, dang, what is this? And it wasn't Braxton Hicks. Now, I knew the difference between those. So, at any rate, we um, decided to go over to the hospital. So, at the time, my mother was staying in Melrose Park. And we were across the street from Westlake. So, because we were across the street from Westlake, I was able to go over there and walk and um, walk into the emergency room. My water hadn't broken. I was only dilated two centimeters. So, they sent me home. So... My brother decided that he was going to help me have the baby. Now, y'all, his definition of help was completely different than what I was picturing or anticipating. However, I did go into labor after his assistance. <laughs> so, he filled up water balloons. Now, my son is 10 years old and he was born February 20th, 2012. So it's the middle of February, it's very cold. And my brother is filling up water balloons. And so he decides to get me the walk, to walk. 
he was going to throw water balloons at me. And if I didn't walk, I would get hit. So to not get hit in the cold, your girl was walking. By the end of that night at about 11 o'clock, they admitted me. I had gotten to three centimeters and I was in active labor. So labor was good. I was in labor for about 19 hours. I had a lot of family and friends, you know, coming up to the hospital. Hey, how you doing? Checking on me. Had a lot of support. Two pushes, mouths was out. So at that point now, I wasn't really sure of what I was going to call him, but I did know I had a little boy and I, I gave birth to a son. My mom named him. Um... And it was a sentimental moment for me and her. I don't think she knows how important it is, but it was very important to me that she and my brother were as involved as they were with me having my son. Um, being in the room, uh, being able to be those people of support and be able to communicate with them and understand on both sides. They understood me, I understood them. They understood my needs and I understood where they were. So it, it was a very important thing to have them both there. And because my whole life, it was us three. So why not have the two most important people that have been here all of my life? So yes, after having him, um, I was at home for a while. I stayed with my mom and my brother for a while. And it was a pretty good transition. I honestly don't have any bad memories or um, even I can't even remember any confrontational um, things that happened. Nothing. No events that were confrontational while I was at home with my mom and brother. Um, they acclimated to the baby very well. They were both very helpful. Uh, my brother in particular, he was making bottles. He was coming in. Hey, Maya, you need something? Those were all things that I needed at that time. So when it was time for me to go back, I was kind of over it. I kind of was like, I don't think I want to be back here. But I still straddled the fence and I still knew that I had another year of high school to go. I was only a junior. So at that point, I had to make a decision of do I stay? Do I leave? What's the best decision for me? Because at this point now, it's not just me I'm thinking about. It's my son. My son is now very, very, very alive and well and involved in now what would be my new lifestyle. So eventually I decided that I didn't want to be there and I told my mom that. Well, of course, we discussed this black household thing. She wasn't having it. So I decided, okay, she don't want to come pick me up. I can make sure they make me leave. So... I got caught with a cell phone. There was no cell phones on that campus. It was prohibited. And I had one. Don't ask me how I got it. That is not important. However, they expelled me. So I had to leave. And when I say expelled, I say that very lightly because it wasn't an expulsion that went on your record. It was more so a voluntary, it was time for me to, to leave. It was voluntary that I wanted to um dismiss myself off the campus and I had that right because I was then a parent so my son was not obligated to stay there and I didn't have to let him stay there so my mom came and picked me up and I moved and a couple of days later she went to get me um 
enrolled at a high school and the high school was Austin Career. So Austin Career was on Chicago Avenue and I had a aunt that worked there. Now you know we all have play aunts. This is not a biological aunt, but this was my play aunt and she had been working there for years and years and years and years to come. So it was no secret that I, you know, had a baby and that I needed to finish high school. So my mom did what a mom does and worked it out. And I was able to go to alternative school. So when I went to alternative school there in Austin, I met a lot of people. It was a different experience. It was CPS at that point, And it wasn't the same type of CPS that I had experienced in elementary school. This was new. So CPS. And I met a lot of people. I still have friends from Austin. I still see people around the neighborhood every now and again you know, that I still run into. And Austin was another stepping stone for me. That was the coming out of Maya being a high school mother to Maya being a grown-ass woman. Because, see, at Austin, there was no such thing as, like, oh, we're going to walk you through your schedule or parent-teacher conference. See, it wasn't like that. Because most of the people that were in Austin were grown. They were legal adults, which means they were their own guardian which was my case in a lot of this. My mom signed me up, but after a while, my mom didn't even know I had had their classes. I had had so many credits that that transferred to the CPS system. And so if anybody knows anything about school, we all know when you transfer, your credits have to count. So I had over the amount of credits that I was supposed to have because I had been in a Catholic school and then this um, boarding school offered additional classes. So because I had those classes, I was able to only have to do half days. So I think maybe my first two weeks I did full days. And then after that, I was doing half days for the rest of the school year. So while in school, of course, I had to find a daycare. So at first, I put him at my old daycare center, which was Nia. But the commute was becoming too much. And the person that was assisting me, which was my cousin, in getting him back and forth to daycare was moving. So that was not going to work. So I then had my other cousin and aunt fill out the documents for Action for Kids. And I was able to get childcare that way. So my cousin watched him while I was at school. My god sister, Bria, she always helped me with my homework. We always did study sessions. So it was never a time where I felt like I wasn't involved. My extended family definitely assisted with me feeling like, I could do it. Like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm going to be able to do it. Months and months went on. School was going on. I was doing fine. Never failed a class. Didn't have no bad grades, no bad behavior, no bad reputation. Everybody in the school knew me as the Nike and North Face girl. I loved Nike and North Face. My mom, <clears throat> grandma, and granddaddy made sure I always had that. And Uggs. My granddaddy on my father's side loves Uggs and every Christmas I had a new pair of Uggs. So I had a good reputation, you know, the transition was good. It was smooth and it was easy. You know, I made a lot of friends and I was a likable person. At that point though, I knew I was becoming a woman. The things that were not important anymore were kid things. The things that became important was that adult stuff that started to kick in. Like how I'm going to pay my phone bill or how I'm going to pay the co-payment for my son's daycare or 
what am I doing after high school? Like, that was the biggest thing that started to kick in. You know, I found myself having to get my son an updated birth certificate. Those were processes and things that as a teenager, you don't think about. But as a teenage mom, I have no choice but to think about it. So at that point, you know, um, school was coming to an end and I was graduating early. Like I said, I had enough credits to where I didn't have to stay there that whole amount of time. I was able to graduate in February. So the way their school was set up is, depending on your credits, they had two graduations. You didn't have to stay throughout the whole school year if you didn't need to. So I graduated in February and my graduation was not what I pictured. Um, it was different. I went on prom and... Um, that's when I started to see that I then had to be independent. I had to get my prom stuff together. My biological father, he helped. He helped me pick out my dress and all those things. But my mom helped to, you know, do the jewelry and those type of things. But I had to figure it out. I figured out my hair. I figured out my makeup. And my cousin did great. You know, I loved her work. She um, recommended me to a great person to do my sewing, and then she curled it and styled it. Um, she did my makeup, and I was happy, you know, with where prom ended up. For graduation, on the other hand, and I know I kind of got off topic, y'all. Forgive me. But graduation was a different thing. And both instances taught me that I had to be independent. Graduation, my mom took me, but I picked out my own outfit. And how I looked for graduation is just how I looked. She did not question it. She did not get upset. She accepted it because I was a young adult at that point. And so the, the help that she was able to offer, she offered. And what she wasn't able to offer and get through to me, she just wasn't. And so at that point, um, it was like, okay, cool. I got this. So I graduated. I graduated valedictorian of my class. I was the top, the number one. I graduated with honors as well. And I now had to decide what I was going to do. I was 16 with a child. Um, well, 17 at that point because I had had a birthday and it was senior year. So I was 17. I started off being 16, but I was 17 when I graduated with my son. And... It, it was a breath of fresh air because I didn't have to worry about school. But then it gave me another set of goals to now have to figure out. So that's where I had to say, okay, I'm out of high school now. What am I going to do? But because I was in high school and I was in high school in love again, it just wasn't... <laughs> It just didn't go the way it was supposed to go, or at least the way I pictured it for my life. Things were different. I was dating another guy who was not a good fit for me, and I didn't see that at that time. So I made decisions in life based upon that, based upon that love, based upon that relationship, because I felt like that's where my life had ended as far as a relationship. I was going to be with him. Well, that didn't work out either. So, moving forward, I had to make a decision, you know, of what that meant. And me having a baby at such a young age, it was hard. You know, people looked at you different. When I took my son to the doctor, you know, they frowned upon me. My mom had to prep me 
on a lot of things and give me some tools to use for being a younger mom. And it's unfortunate because the younger moms are not given the same opportunity as maybe a mother who comes in with a husband. They're looked at differently and they're automatically judged. And I experienced that a lot when I was taking him to the doctor, renewing his wig, you know, the, although they see the same type of female each and every day, they still give a look. It's still a stank look. It's still sometimes the rudeness that comes with it when you're getting state benefits or government assistance because they feel like, you know, you on welfare or you on SNAP or you on TANF. And it's like, okay, I am and I'm using the services because I need them at this moment, but I don't plan to be on it for the rest of my life. And that's just me. They don't know each person, but they judge based off the experiences that they had. So it can go both ways. I could be a person that I don't plan on being on this for the rest of my life, but because <clears throat> the person in the office has experienced people who have said, oh, I'm going to be on this forever. Or I'm going to use this or I'm going to use the hell out of this or whatever they say. They prejudge now everybody. I ain't never had no intentions on living off the government the rest of my life. I've always wanted to live good. I've always wanted to live luxurious. And I was always spoiled. Even though I had a kid, my parents never allowed me to go without. Or my grandparents. So at that point, it was a decision-making time for real. You know, what, what do you do? Because I didn't want to be looked at like that anymore. And I, I was in my grown woman phase of now stepping into womanhood to say, you know what, I got to make a difference for me and my son. So I went to start looking for a job. And I was 17. 17 looking for a job ain't easy because, number one, I didn't have a worker's permit. And number two, I still had a couple of months before I would turn 18. So I went to a job on Central and Lake, and the lady told me no. So I called back up there several times. Oh, I'm just checking on the status of my application, checking, checking, checking. And so one of the administrative um, people decided that they were going to speak with me. And I would never forget, she called me back and she said, yes, we can hire you, but you have to wait till you turn 18. So they hired me that date in July, but I didn't start until after my birthday in August. But I had a job that was secured and I worked that job. I worked that job day in and day out. And um, I met a lot of people there too. Some people that I still have great relationships with. Hell, I've even met family working there. And so it was such a great experience. And that took me to a better place of being 16 with a baby, coming from a boarding school, to then coming back to basically real life, civilian life, because you're no longer living under these certain ramifications anymore. You operate like the rest of the world. And so I had to then decide, okay, now that I'm going to be working, I need to get him in a good daycare center. And so I enrolled him in a daycare center that was up the street from my grandmother's house. And this was a stepping stone for me. Although I was still, you know, living at home and trying to figure it out, I had gotten a stepping stone for myself to say, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work. And although, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened in between, 
I moved. I was able to um, get me an apartment. I was able to enroll my son into school. So those were things. I was still on a bus. I didn't have a car, but we had an apartment. And I was able to get a bus route to say, okay, I can get him to school and then I can make it to work on time. And that worked for me for months. For months, it worked for me. And then shortly after, my grandma decided, no, you need a car. And so she made sure I had a car. So outside of me having a car, now I was making these big steps. But see, I was making those steps and people were seeing that I was making those steps in a positive direction. Still needed a whole lot of work, still needed a whole lot of guidance, but I had made progress enough for my grandmother and grandfather to say, okay, well, we can help her get this. And they did. And they were awesome to me. When I say they were awesome to me, they were awesome to me. That anything that I needed, because I was already working and I had a lot going for me, now that I had gotten out of high school and stepped up and I was a full-time mom and I was making these moves, it was easy for them to say, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll keep them. And then I had friends. My friends was awesome. My god sister, she rode it out. She rode that road, that ride with me from pregnant till now. We still riding the ride. Now, the ride ain't as shaky and it don't have as many turns and loops and humps, but we still riding the ride. And sometimes those roads change, but we'll get into that. I ain't come. Huh? That's a little snippet for something else. But the roads change. You notice when you have friends and you all are developing. Where you were at 16, where I was at 16, 10 years ago, I'm, I'm not there no more. I'm well past that. I'm probably a whole nother woman than who I was at 16. But because I was dealing with what I was dealing with at that time, and then I was blessed to be able to deal with the things that I'm able to deal with now, much more smoothly and much more adequately and just overall better. Those are two different women. That growth is going to be totally different. So hear me when I say the roles switch. Sometimes you don't even realize that the roles have switched, but that can just be the nature of y'all friendship. Y'all bounce back and forth off each other. Okay, when this person going through this, then, okay, I'm going to help her through that. Now she going through that, now I can help her with that. And you bounce off of each other. Y'all have different experiences. And so it's so interesting to see my friends that I had in high school who were not moms, who are now moms. You know, going forward, experiencing some of those same experiences, even if it was morning sickness, down to the first trimester, down to delivery. Those are all three different experiences that we all now share that can be told in different ways because I experienced it at 16, whereas they have now experienced it at 24 or 27. So that makes a difference. But I surrounded myself with people like that. When I was pregnant, I had great people around me and my mom put me in a place to have great people around me. And then I accepted that great energy. So once that great energy and aura was around me and my son, I then started to seek that in other people. So when I came back home and I was in civilian life and I was now looking for jobs and attained a job and got an apartment and a car and I got these new um, co-workers, I now seek and just yearn for that positive energy. 
in that positive environment for me and my kids. Now, don't get me wrong. I ain't always maintained that. And it has not always been easy to maintain that. Because you have to be careful with who you let in your energy. But even the growth from 16 then to 18, and then now from 18 to 26, I probably protect my energy more now than I ever have done. I don't play that shit. You're not going to come in my house with that shit. You're not going to come around my kids with that shit. I am serious. When you protect your energy, you see a difference in what happens to you. God don't bless mess. He don't want all that. So when you, you got all that stuff going on and all that nonsense going on, because he gave you free will. So he give you the chance to say, you know, oh, you either going to take that opportunity or you're not. Now, do you always know it's a messy opportunity when you take it? No. But we take it. We do it. And I say we. We all human. We all do it. But to loop that back around, when I was 16 and pregnant, those type of things I wasn't thinking about. Or 16 with a baby, excuse me. 15 and pregnant and 16 with a baby. I wasn't thinking about having those surrounding people. So I have, my mom had to put me in a place where that was something that I thought about. And I thank her for that every day because it taught me to be open to different nationalities, different thought processes, different ways of just doing things and a different way of life. It wasn't the city. It wasn't the West side. It wasn't Oak Park, but it was different. It was new for me. And it was something that I craved after a while, that good energy, positive people, uplifting people. And so after being 15 and pregnant and being there and getting that and then being 16 with the baby and getting through that phase, that now opened the door for me to say, okay, you know what? I got to do things different. <clears throat> but in doing them different, I have to think different. I have to surround myself by different people. And I even have to surround myself in a different environment. You can't grow if you're doing the same mediocre stuff. And I knew at 16, I had a son and... I wanted more. So when I got to be 18 and I was getting a job and I got my apartment and my grandparents got me that car, that was now the next stepping stone to the next level. So I had just laid the groundwork at Moose Heart, paved it out, and then my grandparents helped me that next step of the way. So when I entered that this next phase, I was already ready. Because I already had now the mentality. Now, having a mentality now currently is great. But not having it back then was terrible. You operate off emotions. You operate out of feelings. And you just do dumb shit. When you don't have the right people telling you the right things. You have messy people telling you the wrong things. You're going to always be in shit. And that's where I was. I, I had gotten the mindset, but I still had not registered that I needed to surround myself with those people. So I still had the wrong people around me. And some of my friends were not the friends that they didn't want to tell me, like, no, you're making the wrong decision. But they didn't want to stop me either. Like, they didn't stop me and they didn't tell me. But they supported me in the way it went. So if I fucked up, I just fucked up and they was riding away. And then if I didn't fuck up and it was great, it was a congratulations. But it was a no judgment zone. Then I had people 
because they're not friends. They were people that were around me at that time who I thought were friends. And so I struggled because I wanted friends and I wanted people around me because I always had my son. So I always wanted that additional support to say, okay, well, I'm not by myself because me and his father wasn't together. I was with another guy, but it's not the same as having that friendship. You want your girls. You want your girls to be able to say, girl, yeah, you doing fine. Or girl, no, I don't do that. Or whatever the case may be, you just want your girls. So at that point, I wanted my girls. And so I didn't understand that that meant having the right girls around me. I didn't understand that. I just wanted girls around me and I wanted them to be my friend. So I didn't know the true meaning of having the right friends right then and there. But child, now, <laughs> thank God for growth and revelation because I don't play that. The energy that comes around me and my kids that cross the threshold in my house better be top tier because we don't play that over here, honey. The castle is not to be tainted with. And if I had to go back and get a better understanding or have a better outlook, that would have been what I would have wanted somebody to say to me to protect your energy. And yes, I call my house the castle because it is. We built this from the ground up, whether we built it or not, because we worked for this. We worked hard for this, and the castle that I had or the place that 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 I had as a castle at 16, I didn't know how to protect that. I didn't know the importance of protecting that with my son, raising a son, a young king. I didn't know the importance of protecting the people that were around him and in the castle at that time, but I do now. Because see, this new castle was built from the ground up and ain't none of that. So I say all that to say, um, Having a kid young, your life is not over. Having a child young, your life doesn't stop. It's what you make it. It's all about the people that you have around you and what you want for you. You are your biggest cheerleader, but you are also your biggest competition. And you could be your own biggest mistake sometimes. You can make the wrong mistake doing something because you didn't think it out or you allowed somebody to intimidate you or you didn't do it in the right timing. Everything that gets done with life is within timing. So all of it, it revolves around you. All of it comes from you. It's what you bring. So if you're not bringing 100% of energy into saying, yes, I want to do better, then you won't. But when you bring that 100% energy, see, I was bringing half-ass energy. I was going to bring like 40%, maybe 60. I wanted to keep the friends, but I wanted a new life. That ain't how that worked. I wanted to keep the people and stay in the same area, but I didn't want to change my environment or change my surroundings. It don't work like that. If you want it different, you got to go different all the way across the board. And that's the piece I was missing. But once I decided, okay, I got to do this differently all the way across the board, then that's when stuff started working out. Things started going much smoother. And not to say that they were not working out prior to, but they weren't as smooth because I didn't know. I was still on a learning curve.
But after I had learned, I didn't start making those same mistakes. See, we start making the same mistakes, then they're not a mistake no more. At that point, you just developed a habit. But I wasn't developing a habit. I was just learning. And I made a couple of mistakes, but I didn't make the same mistakes. So if I knew not to be late picking that boy up, if I was picking mouths up, I knew not to be late. One time late and I got that fee, that was it. I knew I couldn't do that. So that was a lesson learned. So I say all of this to just say, guys, you know, life will have you go through some crazy stuff. Life will have you to feel like you don't know what's next. And hell, you don't, for real, for real. None of us do. But you don't give up. I could have been 16 and gave up and said, oh, I can't do this. But I didn't. I finished high school. I finished high school at the top of my class. And I made something of myself, irregardless as to all of the statistics that come with being a teenage mother. I was I was young. I made a mistake. I didn't know. I was curious and did something that I wasn't supposed to do. And I just did it before the time. And it don't make me no less of a great, successful woman than the next one who had a baby when they were married. Or when they were 30. Because we all still can offer something. And my mistake has been a lesson, a life lesson. But not only me, but other people for me to inspire, for me to speak on, for me to talk about. And be okay with it. That's the same thing we were talking about last week with living in your truth. I'm living in my truth and I'm okay. I accepted the friends who rode the ride with me and I thank you. And I accepted those who couldn't take the ride. And it's still okay. It's no love loss. It's all about how you in, interpret what you go through and how you deal with it. You know, I took it as, okay, I made a mistake and I'm going to do better. Somebody else could take it as my life is over. But either way it go, we have a different story to share. So again, guys, thank you for tuning in. And I just, I can't wait. We gonna do this every week. We gonna have some guests coming on shortly. So just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Keep up. Follow. Subscribe. Like. Do whatever you gotta do. But I am your girl Maya Dominique. And this is Memoirs and Some of the Podcast. And I'll see you next week.